Hi, I'm Nathan. I'll be playing Rao, the Battlemaster. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm going to be playing Omid, the Twilight Mage. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Gashana, the Immolator. My name's JD. I'm the Dungeon Master for this game. This is Chimera Cast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ChimeraCast. When we last left off, you all had figured out how to activate the golden mirror that would grant you access to the dimension itself. You had all decided to push through the lattice door, which was greeting you uh, up on this balcony that you were transported to through Ypsilanti's magic. As you walk in, you see a large room. There's a grand staircase leading from where you are down to the floor. You see a number of ornate columns that are finely carved. Everything is in a pink, rosy stone. There is fine furniture that looks a little overstuffed or perhaps underused. There's another staircase that matches the one that you are currently at the top of on the other side that will lead up to the balcony on the other side of the room because the balcony circles all the way around. There is a fountain in the center of the room that's currently bubbling. Uh, It matches the fountain that you had been to outside. But on closer inspection, it's actually the part of a model that you can see that seems to model not just the fountain, but the, the dimension and even the riverlands in the immediate vicinity. As you guys are coming down the stairs into this room, you realize that there is a figure standing there with a golden tray with three cups and a bottle. The figure is that of a woman carved of stone. She is wearing a light blue robe that matches the light blue stones set in her eyes. She has gently flowing hair, and though it appears to move and sway as she walks towards you, it in fact is carved of stone like the rest of her features. And the the swaying just seems to be an optical illusion with her motion. She begins to speak. Hello, I'm Chelsea. My master is away right now. I'm sure he would apologize that he is not here to greet you himself. I am also sure that he would thank you for returning his possession to him. And she takes the key book from you. Would you like some wine? And she's going to set the tray down on a low table that is surrounded by these low, basically sofas without a back. And she begins pouring wine into cups and hands them to you. I can have quarters prepared for you to stay in, and we will serve dinner in two hours. I will find you when it is ready. Gashana was maybe not raised entirely in the courts, but spent most of her childhood and like early adulthood Is there any way that she could smell if there was anything or like tell by looking if there was anything untoward about the wine? 
maybe if that's like an elf thing that you want to establish, I don't, you know, I don't know how much of that would come from training. Like how much of your spot of your, how much of your childhood was spent like sniffing poison right, out right. of wine? Yeah, probably not a lot. But uh, I mean, I'm not opposed to there being like some sort of, in, you know, innate sense or something that maybe elves have a strong sense of smell. I don't know. No, no, that's fine. I was angling more for the like having drank a bunch of wine. Can I tell when it's like if it's bad or anything special particularly? It's certainly going to smell like really good wine. Okay. Chelsea, was it? It's Chelsea. And she hands you the cup. Rao like eyeballs it and places the wine gently back on the tray. Do you know when your master will be back? She looks at the cup. Would you prefer coffee? Cough. No, 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 thank you. I... We're simply looking for Ypsilanti. As I said, my master is away. And when will he be back? I am unsure. How long has he been gone, Chelsea? It is difficult for me to say. Are we free to look around his home, or...? You are guests here. You are free to explore the manse and grounds as you see fit. While there are places that you may find dangerous, or places that you cannot comprehend ypsilanti ensures that his guests will stay safe and so these places will be kept from you thank you very much for your hospitality anomid takes uh, a glass of the wine and takes a small sip yeah it's uh it's excellent quite delicious i am glad to hear that would you like me to prepare rooms for you that sounds lovely in addition we have a bathhouse in the manse the other guests here have requested that their rooms be placed there. The but I can show you the way if you would like to. And she she like looks you guys up up and down. If you would like to clean up. I'm sorry. Did you say other guests? Yes. Could you? Well, forgive me for being so blunt, but who else is here? If you don't mind my asking, I will admit we did not receive a an invitation with details. While you may meet them as you go about the manse, I'm sure you will meet them at dinner. Should we clean up then? Rao looks extremely uncomfortable, but is also like not sure how aggressive to be. It's also weird because, you know, you can't really read the signs of in the face of a golem, right? Yeah, like, yeah. We can't look for like, is she lying with any real, you know, or is she trying to hide something, right? It's a, it's a test on a robot. I imagine Omid takes her at her word. It does seem that we should, if we're going to have dinner, wash up beforehand. Looking around at himself, I think his clothes are still a little bit ruffled from all the things that have have transpired, and he could do with a nice bath. I, for one, am filthy. While I know the dirt suits you, it may not hurt, especially meeting strangers, to wash up. She then is going to walk towards a door that's on this bottom level. So not the not the stairs back up to the balcony, right? But the level that you guys are currently standing on. It's a, uh, a wooden door that also has carvings in it and is painted. And she opens it up and stands there and waits for you to pass through the doorway. You two go. I'll take up the rear. Omid will lead the way and walks through the door. What are we greeted by? So you are a little surprised to find that you are walking down this hallway with arches all along the sides. And through those archways is like a garden. 
It's a an open lawn, much like you saw outside, but obviously you've come up onto this balcony and are therefore far above where you were before uh, when you were exploring the grounds. But you walk through and there are uh, even some birds like fl- like flitting about and making their bird songs. And she kind of leads you down a little ways to where there is a crossing. You're basically at a four-way intersection. And she gestures and bows slightly to your left and says, uh, if you follow that pathway down, you will reach the bathhouse. I will go and prepare your rooms. Laid on, Omid. Yeah, Omid takes the left route and goes towards the bathhouses. So you guys um, turn down this hallway, and it kind of seems like you are now maybe inside, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Like you're turning through into a hallway that has basically statues lining the sides of things, like busts of figures, um, very like classically styled and painted. It's very fine work. I mean, it's you can see individual hairs that are carved through, you know, if you really spend time looking at it. You can see some of them have like threads on their clothing, like on their cloaks that they're wearing that's like unspooling and coming undone. And this is all carved out of stone. But then as you come through, you pass underneath a, a small archway. And as you do so, you are hit by a wave of steam. You can hear the soft sounds of water kind of lapping in the doorway just beyond. But for right now, you're in kind of a little entryway. There is a small door in front of you. This entryway is made of uh, like a mosaic tile that is, you know, arranged in sort of just geometric shapes. And there is like a place to grab towels and robes and whatever else you may need for the bathhouse. Is there a place to discard our clothing? Yeah, there would be a place that you could like fold it up and set. Or hang it up, whichever you prefer, I guess. I'm afraid I'm unfamiliar with the courtly nature of bathhouses. What is all this? Omid is like already halfway undressed. <laughs> Rao has picked up a towel and is like smelling it. And yeah. I mean, obviously you've seen a towel before, but I assume this is a nice fucking towel, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that this towel like has a texture like woven into it. That thread count is, like, infinite, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, so Ralph feels very overwhelmed by all of this, I think, and kind of embarrassed. I don't think a bathhouse culture is something he's particularly familiar with anyway, on top of everything here being really fucking fancy. The bathhouse is far from a courtly endeavor. It is more used to... And he's taking his clothes off. He's probably pulling his pants off now. It is more a space of... Uh, relaxation and uh, <clears throat> recoup. It is a recess from the harsh, cruel worlds. And uh, <laughs> I assume Omid is very familiar with bathhouses, as his father was a a, a little bit uh, of an upper tier uh, person in in the world of the Shah. I imagine he he went to his he, his father probably took them to, took him to him. Uh, so Omid has grabbed a towel and he's starting to walk towards the door. More specifically, too. You're from a place on the coast, or at least mm-hmm. nearer a coast. Yes, yes, it's very specifically. You're right. Yeah. So that 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 type of that type of thing is commonplace. Realistically, like if it's not a bathhouse, it's just some kind of low rent version of it, right? Mm-hmm. On the beach. So yeah, Omid, Omid has uh, no hesitation about enjoying nice warm water, lapping up his wounds. I think Ashana's because she was raised in the court. She's not like in the same boat as Rao. But 
she's not a hundred percent comfortable with the waste of water. I think like because she she grew up in the court, she's not unfamiliar with it. But even in Jataka, like a big bath is not something that a slave ever got to experience. So Omid is undressing. What are the other two of you? <laughs> yeah, Omid. Omid is, pa- I think, past undressing. He's probably going for the door. <laughs> I mean, I think you just go and take a bath, and <laughs> yeah, Rao sheepishly starts un- undoing his leathers and taking his wraps off. Yeah, uh, Gishan is taking off her robes and all that. Yeah, I don't think anybody's embarrassed about being naked so much. Just like, what the fuck is this? Because we're from the desert. And we're yeah, like, yeah. Right, that makes yeah. sense. But it, it sounds like Omid is the first one through the door, like anxious to get to the bath, while you two are kind of taking your time. Yeah, first through the door by a large margin. Perfect. <laughs> so when the door opens, a obviously like a huge billow of steam comes out and you can't really see like what Omid is walking into and the door closes behind him. Omid, it takes a while for your eyes to adjust to the haziness of this place, right? And you're you're instantly like sweating and you've got, you know, that cleansing feeling immediately upon entering like a sauna. This whole room is kept obviously very, very humid. As your eyes focus, you realize that there are figures standing around, quite a few of them actually. Ahead of you, of course, is the bath. Are the figures like standing around like you would think of in a steam room? Like they're, are, is there seating along the walls? Is that like kind of where they're corralled or how are they interacting with the space? I guess, do they seem uh, like they're like, you know, gossiping amongst themselves and looking at me or does it seem like when I walked in, they were already like anticipating me? Uh, it definitely doesn't look like they were anticipating you. And as they're... Um, as their silhouettes kind of come into more clear focus, you realize that many of them are just standing around and they're fully clothed, which definitely seems weird. Like, why would you stand around wearing clothes in a super humid bathhouse? Many of them are wearing like full length togas and they're kind of lined up on either side of the bath itself. And you slowly realize that there are two figures in the bath. Kind of as the steam, you know, like wafts around and you get glimpses of things in this room. You hear a voice call out to you. It's a woman's voice that says, who are you? Interesting. Pardon me. I am Omid Zarkhan. Who do I have the pleasure of meeting and speaking with? You hear a splashing sound as the figures kind of move towards the side of the bath. And one of the figures... That of a woman like comes towards you and she kind of coalesces out of the mist. She is, well, she's stark naked, first of all, but that's not weird because it's a bathhouse. It's what you would expect. She's full figured, I will say. She's obviously like well fed, so of nobility or at least of great wealth. She is clearly like middle aged or maybe even a little past that. She's still attractive. And you notice that she's wearing a black mask with these purple amethysts that are decorating it. Her long hair like kind of falls around that and a figure, one of these batogad figures comes up and wraps a towel around her. She looks at you, kind of stares you directly in the, in the eyes and says, I am Basilissa Rysanthi. Who are you? This was not the voice that was speaking to me from the pool itself. Uh, this this is the same voice, yes. As I said, I am Omid Zarkhan. I am a guest here. 
I am sorry I did not assume I would be met with such ill regard and accusation. Her lips, um, just underneath the mask, kind of curl into a, a frown of disgust. There have been no other guests here in the months that we have been dwelling. Why are you here, Omid Zarkhan? As she speaks to you, the other figure that has been in the bath kind of comes up behind her, is also naked. A man of a good six, 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 seven, somewhere in there. Huge by the standards of this this day. That's gotta be Kane. He <laughs> he is crisscrossed with scars, including a deep one across his throat. He is essentially a mountain of muscle. You will have to forgive me. I was here for a bath, and Omid just gives her like a a a dagger of a stare. Not why have you come to the bath houses? <laughs> I assume we have all come for the same reason, to speak with the owner. Why have you come, if I may throw it back your way? I regret to inform you that Ypsilanti is not here. We have been told, but we are patient for now. And she gives you kind of a mocking smile, and then turns and heads back off into the mist. I imagine the same time Rao and yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, no, wait, no, I want to give it, I want to give it two oh, more okay, seconds great. because I think that they're going to like leave. She leaves the figure, the, the large figure um, that had come up behind her follows and you see the rest of the shadowy figures in the mist kind of dissipate and then they arrive. This seems pleasant enough. <laughs> there, Yeah. There's like a, 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 a very big scowl <laughs> on Omid's face. They dissipate in, like, the way in which they are now gone from the room. Yeah, yeah, they're gone. They're no longer in the bathhouse. They have left through some other entryway. Oh, there are other ways out? Yeah, you just can't see them. Oh, okay. This is a very large place. No, yeah, I, I was trying to get a feeling for, like, if they if there was something afoot. For sure. Rao is probably, like, straight just dripping mud. I feel like this isn't a normal, <laughs> a normal thing for him. I feel like you're all dripping mud and blood. Yeah. That's actually probably a good point. Yeah. I am personally unfamiliar with how bathhouses are structured. Are there just are there just like tubs around here or is this just a steam room? Think more like a pool. So it's gonna be a large heated bath that's like inset into the into the but ground. Just one? Yeah, there's probably just gonna be the one large one. Cool. After a moment of scowling, Omid will make his way into the bath itself. Over his shoulder he'll kind of chatter off to Rao. I met some of the others. Sorry? Some of the other people who are staying here. I must admit they are very rude. And he's about waist deep in the water as he, like, bends his knees down to start submerging his body and cleaning himself off. There are places carved, like, out of this pool for you to, like, sit in. Oh. Like, down to neck height. Great. Yeah, I do that. Like, there are kind of circles of seats, you know, as if to isolate certain groups of people. You, you said You said people. How many, how many people? There were a few. I spoke to one, and I guess another, if you want to say that a mean glare is speaking. But yes, I spoke to one. There were probably, what would you say, JD, like 12 or so? That's probably what you saw yeah, about that. A dozen or so people. They just left. I suppose my presence was not pleasing to them. Well, I suppose that it's good to know that... Our greeter was not exaggerating when she said that there were people here. Honestly, I thought we'd be dining with statues. 
I suppose it's worth asking. They were people, right, JD? <laughs> yeah, yeah. These were real flesh and blood Great. people. Deshana, you got anything? I think she's sort of like taking it in right now and cleaning herself really thoroughly. Probably got some like holdover, like this is how you bathe properly. Yeah. Like that was drilled into her in the courts. Yeah. So she's like digging underneath the fingernails, getting behind the ears. After a second of Omid kind of getting himself clean, getting stuff off, I imagine he probably wades into the water and kind of looks around about this pool. You know, there's been intricate carvings and things like that. I was just curious if there were things that were distinctly shaped here as well. I mean, you see that there are like there are these sitting areas in the pool and along it, the floor of the pool through like these hazy, you know, like salty water that you're in. There's a, like a mosaic tiling on the bottom of it, but nothing like outstanding or, well, I mean, it's all outstanding. It's all fantastic, but nothing that is like a distinct picture or anything. Yeah, I imagine then um, Omid probably makes his way to the opposite end, like sees how far in this pool goes, especially if it's beyond his vision. I wouldn't say it's like, a, you know, checking for cool stuff, but I think he is just kind of taking in this crafted world that someone made. And it, it it's intriguing to him to see how Ypsilanti wanted to portray his house. Omid has definitely been interested in the magical aspects of things and engaging with them. But I think also now he's starting to catch on to the idea of like the, the mundane also being reflective of Ypsilanti because he knows Ypsilanti is somewhat of a totalist. Is that a word? You know, someone who like thinks about every aspect of presentation and every aspect in which they engage with certain things. And that to me, to Zach is interesting. I feel like Omid would also be interested in that just because we've the garden, right? was such a, a strange space. So I, I, I think Omid, that's a little bit of bleed for me being interested in, in the, in the space itself as well. And what Ypsilanti is is putting into it. You said the the tile in the pool was a mosaic. Is it a mosaic of anything specific, or is it like not depicting anything? I guess it's not depicting anything. Okay. It's just like a you know, it's another one of these just geometric patterns. Um, it is really interesting, and actually, it makes the it makes the floor seem like it's um, three dimensional, even though it's not. Like it gives it depth, but it's not a picture of anything specifically. Gotcha. Though if you like cross your eyes just right, you can see a sailboat. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> it's a schooner. Rao is shaving his head with a dagger. He brought the dagger into the into the bathhouse and he's he's shaving his head and face. He's not very curious about any of this, honestly. He's sort of wary. He's looking around, especially well, how many entrances are in this room, JD? I don't think I think if you're in the pool, I don't think you can see any of them, actually. No. Like it's real hazy in here. Would I have noticed there was more than one entrance in the first place. No, there weren't going to be any close by the one that you came in. So, yeah, Rao is shaving his head while staring in the direction of the entrance that he came in, assuming that's the only one. I mean, you probably would assume that there's other ones because you didn't pass anybody and they left somehow. Ah, fair point, fair point. Anyway, still, that is what's happening. On guard and somewhat paranoid, but that's all. (laughs) I love it. Does anyone else have anything else? I did have one question. We had talked a little bit about a potential like attraction between Omid and Rao. Is anything going on in here? You're in a bathhouse naked together. That that's a that's an interesting question. I actually think 
Like I'm sort of into the idea because like Omid didn't seem to have a problem getting undressed in front of Rao, but Omid is also used to the concept of bathhouses while Rao is not. I think we've all been naked in front of each other before, especially if we've been like traveling together for a while. That doesn't seem very strange. That's fair. After Omid's kind of curiosity is sated by like looking around the outside, seeing the mosaic tiles, seeing everything else, finding the edge of the pool, he probably is swimming back as Rao is shaving his head and probably just like chuckles at him, just kind of laughs at, like, <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? <sighs> For someone who doesn't care how much dirt is on them, you sure, <laughs> you sure know when to pull out the knife and trim that stubble on your head. Force of habit, honestly. I, you get mites once, you can't can't get rid of them. I suppose habit's all you've got to hold on to in such a strange place as a bathhouse. And probably, like, really, really uh, demonstrably, he's probably, like, backstroking in the, in the water a little bit, or, like, wading backwards with his arms kind of flopping as he's... he's I, I want that whole idea of Omid being very comfortable in the space of a bathhouse. Just to just to juxtapose your your kind of shakiness about it, having never been. So Omid kind of back pet like uh, backstrokes away, playfully, and Rouse smiles at him. You keep acting like that, some fishermen will come and catch you. They'll think that this place has been seeded. Come here, and Rouse like turns around and he's like, "How are my shoulders? Did I get my shoulders? Are my shoulders dirty?" Omid will. Uh come and for the sake of not getting too gratuitous come and clean your shoulders oh <laughs> listen i know we want subscribers but we don't want that many subscribers <laughs> the, the mist the steam slowly comes back over the camera lens in the shape of a heart that gets smaller and smaller yeah <laughs> too far all right <laughs> no, it it's exactly where I think I truthfully think that's actually a really good good spot to hit, which is the Omid Omid comes up and slowly like laps a bit of water on his back and and cleans uh cleans Rouse back off the mud caked. Um I think there is a kind of sensuality to it, but I don't think it's overt or forced i think it's a little bit more like uh, the the camera picking up on the subtle details of it right it might it, it to the passerby it might just be uh, someone helping someone out or whatever i don't think it's like overtly sensualized but given certain contexts and if you could hear both of their minds going off at the same time right he's touching me yep i'm touching him all right he's touching me yeah this is fine i'm touching him it's fine <laughs> Uh, I imagine a little bit of that is happening more, more, more coquettishness than uh, outright brutishness. <laughs> yeah, it's more intimate than sensual. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, that that's a great way to say it. Thank you for summing up what what I was dancing around. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a little bit more intimate and comfortable than mm-hmm. like yeah sensuality. It's not it's not that cool. Uh, are you guys good with all that? And we can cut to the next scene. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else I wanted out of the bathhouse. No. Yeah. So after a time, I assume the three of you return back to the little antechamber that you went through in order to access the bathhouse. Is that correct? Or are you exploring this bathhouse more or trying to find other doors? I don't think that we're probably at the uh, explore the mansion more phase 
yet. Nor do like, I feel like our hackles have been raised about it. Like, yeah. They just dissipated. It wasn't like something happened and it was like, well, all right, what's going on here? It's more just kind of general, like, yeah, I think we just follow along with what's going on or what's being presented to us than like go off on a, a quote unquote side quest. Sure. So then as you head out and you are back and uh, getting fully dressed, Chelsea approaches again. How were your baths? Very, very pleasant. Thank you. Uh, Omid met some of the other guests in the house, and they were quite rude to him, apparently. Yes, I must say that they were a little bit confrontational. I was not expecting that, Chelsea. My deepest apologies. If you will follow me, I will lead you to your guest quarters now. Lead on. And she leads you back up the hallway that you had come through, takes a left, and as you are walking back through kind of that that upper area that looks down on this this garden outside she begins speaking again as she leads you down it i took the liberty to place your guest rooms here i hope this is acceptable and she opens the door up there's kind of like a i guess if you think about it like a dorm apartment like those kind of senior college dorm like setups where there are four individual like bedrooms and then like a shared sort of common room that's basically what is in this room. It is a central den with more couches and there's like a little collection of wine bottles as well as like tea. Then there are four kind of arches that lead into private quarters, each with a bed. There is a window in this like central room that looks out on the dimension grounds you rec- you can recognize the resonant chamber and the fountain from where you're looking out is there anything else that you require at this time did our clothes get washed we'll say yes just because i think that that makes sense so while you're in the bath the the clothes were mysteriously washed dope that takes care of my only question should we wear anything special for dinner Where I come from, sometimes we dress differently than we would to go out during the day. She smiles and says, While that may be the case where you are from, my master has not established any clothing etiquette for coming to dinner. You may dress how you please. I wanted to make sure, while I was down in the bath, there was one who was wearing a mask. I wanted to make sure this was not a party for masks. A mask is not required. Then I think we will retire to our rooms for a moment before dinner. Yeah. Do you guys want to do anything while in there? I know that this is a lot of like downtime and just asking if you want character moments or anything, but yeah. I thought I would check in. How long is it till dinner? I'll say about an hour. I think Gashana gets out the orb and the ring and just starts looking them over and trying to like, you know, visually, is there anything that she can like glean from them or if she's heard about them. I don't think that she has any way to like sort of test the magical resonance or anything of them, but I think she's just sitting out in the common area with these. Omid, I'm at a loss for what these are, but they seem more than just common baubles. What do these look like again? Just to, to give me a little grounding. I'll just read you my descriptions I have for them. So first, the ring. This ring is a simple silver ring. It appears to have a repeating like wave pattern to it. So if you would think about like a 
you know, a really stereotypical, um, like wave design, it like arcs back. And then there's another one that like kind of comes up like a crashing wave and then back down and then another, and then another, right. And around in a circle, that's all that one is. The other one is an orb that seems to shimmer like sunlight kind of coming down through water. And it has like a slight squish to it. Yes. They do seem uh, strange and almost complimentary. Hmm. Omid takes uh, both the ring and, and the sphere and holds them and kind of puts them together. And I think he actually goes into his stash of books to try and find some information. Maybe Maybe not specifically about these ones, but hopefully about something like it, which might help his mind make that leap and figure out exactly what these are. If you'll allow me to attempt to spout lore. I need a name of a book first. Cool. Either a new one or you can check one off. No, yeah. I definitely need a new one. Do you, are you fine with me spouting lore if I get something and you give me the information just so I can bounce off of it because I don't know specifically what these are kind of doing so I can kind of justify it in, uh, retroactively? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Go just, ahead and mark off like the use of the book to get the plus one and then we can figure out what it's called so that you can relate to it later. Cool, yeah. Cool. I've marked off a use, so I'm going to I'm gonna roll some spout lore and see what happens here. Twelve? Hot damn. It's almost like a mage is supposed to have high intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> so because I have two items, I'm trying to think about what the best way to do this is. I guess I can just give them both to you. They kind of do relate to each other. So fair enough. I have very creative names for these. The first one is the wave ring. <clears throat> The seemingly simple silver ring imbues you with the tireless endurance of the ocean waves. While wearing it, you do not need to eat, nor do you feel tired. You also can ignore the effects of weak, sick, and stunned. However, you cannot heal while wearing the ring, and then removing it requires a defy danger. The second one uh, is called the Shimmering Orb. When thrown at a surface, it bursts like a water balloon, and a knee-high water elemental in the form of an oceanic animal emerges. It can perform basic tasks and reshape itself as needed. If its surface tension is broken, it bursts and quote-unquote dies. There you go. Does he get to pick the animal or? It's just going to appear in a shape, and then if he needs it to do a task that requires a different animal shape, it will just form oh. itself into that. I was just like, oh, it's a seal all the time, and you just weren't telling us that until he did it. And it's like, oh, in my head it was always cute. That's all. That's all I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you could just demand that it perform the task, be real cute. <laughs> I demand cuteness. <laughs> so there you go. That's what those magic items do. Uh, Zach, what's your book title? Good question. What do you guys feel about a book titled Elemental Prisons, Artifacts, and Simulcrums, colon, Water? <laughs> I think we should go give it a volume name. Give it a volume number. Give it a but volume number specifically. That's a better idea, yeah. actually. I like that, yeah. Volume. Volume volume something. Water volume something or something. I would say I would say it should just be like, you know, volume six. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> you just happened to grab the right one as you were like yeah. rummaging through the... Oh, shit. Nice. Uh, well, I have a, a shit ton of books. I probably have the, ma- oh, the main actually, thrust of them. Yeah, I do have a, a question. Is this one that you maybe grabbed in the lighthouse? Yeah, that's actually was something that I was interested in as well. Was yeah, which was like an an ocean landscape. So it sort of makes sense that he would have maybe ended up with that book. 
you had the first five at home, and you're like, oh shit, I can, I can, I was waiting for the next one in the series to come <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, it should be on my pull list. <laughs> yeah, so I, I like if you guys are down with that, I think that's what I'm, what I'm gonna go with, and I think yeah, that, that being one that I took from far, cool. Elemental prisons, artifacts, and simulcra, volume six. Wizards are great. <laughs> God damn, yeah. <laughs> Who wrote this? Uh, oh, that's a that's a, a a question I wish I was better prepared for. Actually, I feel like we don't have like a wizard who has nothing, has no like claim on anything, but has been like the keeper of errata. Is just is like the historian wizard, more or less. Someone someone who would have these these practical knowledge spheres, and no one respects the fact that he did it, except for people who wish they were they had this power, right? An inform answer. <laughs> Thank you. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, right? And he has a—he's totally a fuddy duddy, and actually probably really cuts loose at parties. But like, realistically, he's not that fun. He's relatively uptight. How does the name Vor Kalkan feel to everyone? Yes. Yeah. No, I like it, and I like the fact that he's dirtily. <laughs> like that's a super badass name, and he's just like a dirtily old man. <laughs> so yeah, Vor Vor Kalkan. Is now being established as our as our silly dumb uh, wizard who has a lot of books that will not out will not last much longer than his life. I want to push for Informancer again, In- dude. I love Informancer. Informancer is pretty good. He is the Informancer. He he is the one who disperses the magic of our lands. <laughs> God damn, man, it's so good. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. Thanks. All right, you now know what your magical items are. This one allows you to. Live and you'll never feel hunger, but there's a back there's a drawback to it as well. Greater wounds. Things that would need tending to. They will not be sewn up, they will not be healed while you wear this ring. It seems to exude a kind of energy that keeps the healthy living while keeping those that are dying well, truthfully it's just to make the strong stronger. That's the the choice in wearing this ring this however and he kind of like throws the thing in the air and catches it gently this seems to contain some spirit of a creature <laughs> it might be able to help you out in a in a time of great need and maybe keep it away from sharp things thank you omid she holds the uh, orb back out to him a peace offering for calling things a little close at Far's place, perhaps you can put this to better use. As you return it, he holds it in his hand and like jiggles it around. I imagine JD, it kind of like responds right to. It's like a wet set, you know. It is a water balloon. I'm imagining flubber. Yeah, exactly. It's probably it probably is a little closer to flubber in the sense it's probably more reactive than just a straight water balloon. Even a little water to cool the fires. <laughs> Not a bad idea. And while Omid is being cool and calm and responding to Gashana, he's definitely taking in the fact that she's responding to what happened and seems to be mending the fence. I think we've had a little bit more of a, a rockier interactions in the past and or more standoffish interactions yeah. in the past. So th- this feels like a, a, a breaking of the, the wall, mm-hmm. as it were. Were we told anything about like our ability to bear weapons in the house? 
I mean, we haven't been stopped up to this okay. point. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if you were like lugging around your pike or. <laughs> Nobody tried to take it from me, and so, yeah. While Omid and Gashana were d- doing lame magic stuff, <laughs> what do these rooms look like? You described the main room, but I don't think you described the bedrooms. Yeah, I didn't want to keep going on and on and have you guys just be like, fucking enough with oh, decorations. No, 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 no. I, I understand. I just, Rao is going to start pacing as soon as they start doing that. Okay, so I think you'll see there's obviously the, the window that looks down on the gardens that you traveled through earlier. The ceiling is a single dome that comes and, and meets right above you. There's probably a nice crystal chandelier hanging from the center of it to uh, to light the room. There is a low table there, and there are these um, backless couches arranged around it. You actually notice that one couch is moth-ridden. It's got holes eaten away in it and definitely doesn't look good. The others are fantastic, very comfortable to sit on. There's a painting on one of the wall of someone you don't recognize. Um, they're wearing white loose robes or wraps of some kind, but it's, it's also very well done. Are you looking for anything specific? Is this all in the main room? Yeah. Uh, their conversation went a little while, I think, as he's describing all this stuff and pawing through books. Sure. What's different about this couch than that's been eaten by moths? How is it different from the other one? Why is this one moth eaten? Give me a discern realities. It's an eight. What here is not what it appears to be? Okay. I think as you go to explore this couch, it does look identical to the other couches. It's a fine white leather upholstery over this overly stuffed cushion. It has arms on either side of it made of carved wood. But as you get close, you... You feel queasy, like you you have a sickness in your stomach, like you have to throw up. Not immediate, it's not something you're going to have to deal with right now, but it's it's that feeling you get when you're between bouts of throwing up. You just feel sick. And when you go sit on other couches or you know you go away from this one, it dissipates fairly quickly. There's definitely something not natural about it. So it's not that you detect that there's something different about this couch, but you don't know what would be doing that exactly. Is that cool? Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Omid. Yes? This couch makes me sick. Me as well. Moth-ridden. No, 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 no. Physically. Come here. Gashana. Yeah, I think we both probably get up and go into there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to affect you two similarly. Strange that someone as fastidious as I'm beginning to believe... Ypsilanti is, would allow something this ugly into his space. Omid's going to tip over the couch? Is is it just like an individual section, JD? Like These aren't I- connected. They're, they're kind of like fainting couches, but n- not quite. Like, you know how those have like the, the arm and then um, it's just one end of it that just I, I know have it's a fainting couch, but with two armrests? Yeah, basically. Okay, yeah, I follow. I think I follow as well. I, Omid would definitely tip it over then. And maybe drag it in the center room. 
yeah, it looks equally moth-ridden underneath. There are probably some eggs there. Egg sacs? Moth eggs. Uh, hanging off the bottom of it. I don't, I don't really know how moths reproduce, if I'm honest. That's fine. Omid pulls out his short sword and kind of like cuts at the trimming of is it it's co- the is it is it coated in a a fabric like a, you know an outside that we can kind of Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely have fabric on the bottom yeah. and you can easily cut through it. Yeah, Omid does that. What just more moth sacks? Uh, what what's going on? There's going to be husks of dead moths falling out of it. <sighs> and I think you Go ahead and mark sick for me. I think you have to swallow some vomit as this stench just hits you. Uh, you were the closest one since you were cutting an open, so you have to fight back against just throwing up. It's just a bunch of dead moths just pouring out of this. Right. <sighs> is this just in one of the bedrooms? This is in the main room. Oh, okay. I got you. Do you sense any darker magics around this, Omid? Omid's probably wiping, you know, just where you're like wiping your face because you think you're gonna be sick. You're just kind of like, ah. You've probably begun hypersalivating. Yeah. Ugh. Like, ugh. It does seem to me, to Zach, upon first brush, like something's wrong with this. But I'm not exactly sure how to engage with it. Right, like it feels like something that's out of place within a very ordered structure. Do these moths look long dead then, or I guess short dead if they're still creating kind of a putrid stink? Yeah, they're not fully rotted or anything. Yeah, it's not. It's not like a uh, an antique, right? Where it's like it would be right, what petrified or whatever. Like where it's like. It's it's it it feels kind of more more or less freshly dead. I think that's fair. Yeah. I guess we don't know exactly how long Ypsilanti's been gone. Hmm. I'm gonna pick up one of these moths. Especially if they spill all over the floor. Do they look strange? Do they look like? Do they look like they never even saw the air? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to understand exactly what's happening you know you would assume that a a moth like if these creatures were buried inside of this that they would have crawled their way out and why they didn't yeah i don't think that would be clear and i don't think it's enough to trigger a discern realities Mm -hmm. yet either jd is this a place of power hmm that's interesting i hadn't thought about it the issue would be maybe that the whole dimension is a place of power that's that's I don't have the ritual move or like the the emulator's equivalent. That's not why I was asking. I was m- more driving at, and I don't think that Gashana could determine this on her own. But a way to approach it with uh, Omid and Rao that maybe whatever magic fuels this place is failing hmm. since he's been gone, and like it's literally like degrading, like the physical structure. Is the floor under the couch normal? Under where the couch was? Other than the fact that it's now covered with moths, yeah. What about the ceiling above it? That also seems fine. Hmm. Omid, do you think this could potentially be 
and I, I don't know how these things work, but like a point of infection spreading through the body in the wake of Ypsilanti's disappearance? It is strange, because this place is not uninhabited. There are people here, or things that resemble people, and I assume that they take care of the place. This seems wrong. Perhaps we could see if any of the other guests are amenable to talking more than your friends, Omid. Maybe this is not an isolated incident. This place does seem odd. Not dangerous, but odd. Rao? It still bothers me that when the grounds were kept so fastidiously in place that something like this would happen inside. I agree. I almost hesitate to bring it up with the staff. But perhaps we should. And it seems to be getting about time for dinner. I think right at that point, you all hear a knock on the main door. Should we leave the couch here? Better to see what they do with it then, I think. All right. Are you hungry, Gashana? Famished. Shall we? Totally what I thought when we was like they fade away. I was like, oh, they're ghosts and we're in a hotel in California, bro. Holy shit, bro. We're in the hotel California. God damn it. You figured out the dimension. Oh, shit. He said it. I figured it out. God damn it. <laughs> that was my initial impulse in the bathhouse. No, ba- basing a wizard's entire mansion on Hotel California would be stupid. Erases, erases, erases. It's pretty funny though. I was like, "Are they ghosts?" <laughs> I was like, "When you're like they fade, they like you know fade in this one." Because like, if they're ghosts and we're in the hotel California, I'm gonna laugh really hard at this, and I'm excited to see. Like, if we were just dealing with haunt, being haunted, and like trying to get out, I was like, "That's a pretty fun premise." Like. It could work. It could be actionable. But I was like, I don't think that's what JD's going. He was like, wait a minute. The Eagles had it right. Well, especially if the ghosts weren't like actively physically trying to oppose you from getting out, but just more like preying on your like more base instincts or like vices. Yeah, yeah I think it could, it could be an interesting one. It probably serves like people not knowing what it is going into it like yeah, this type of situation yeah. well then we wouldn't have gotten wine so that's it's true okay. that's true that's true but you can find this any time of year I mean, we know we can do better than Wizards of the Coast with, like, fucking Melf's Acid Arrow. It's like, you can do better than that. Than what? Melf is, like, the one of their wizards. And yeah. Bigby. No, I'm I'm actually leaning in. I'm totally leaning into, like... No, no, hold on just a second. They named a wizard Milf? Melf. 
With an E, not an I. Ma- mage, I'd like to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> mage, everyone would like to fuck. <laughs> Ooh, wow. <laughs>